Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. I took a deep breath, looked for the final time at those comforting tyres, pushed off, and to my amazement, actually went somewhere. I was awkward. I was ungainly. I hadn't gone more than three or four feet, but by God, I felt the balance, and that was enough. I had done it. And on this beautiful autumnal Monday morning here in sunny Melbourne, this is where you pedal your blues away. Welcome to the Arabug Bicycle Radio Show here on 3CR. That's on the tranny in the kitchen at 855 or streaming or podcasting or actually sitting outside and watching it live. We've got a good show coming up this morning. I'm sorry, Colin, you looked at me that way, Cole. <laughs> you put me off my game. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now!, always keeping up to date with what's happening in America. And joining us in the sidecar alongside the town this morning, Faith, good morning. Good morning, Val. Good morning, Cole. Good morning. Mr. Cyclocross from Melbourne. I wouldn't wouldn't call myself that, but <laughs> I am, I am actually. So it's all right. You get a free pass. <laughs> We've got. It is a lovely day out there. Actually, this is some of the most magical weather in this morning. If you step outside tonight, you'll see a fat waxing gibbous coming close to the full moon. That actually marries up with the equinox this year. And you know what? That's a good way to start the year. <laughs> Faith, you must have a wonderful bike moment for us today. Um, uh, look, I uh, spent the weekend doing some nice riding down around the back of Wandiligong in uh, the northeast, which was very pleasant. Took uh, the in-laws out um, on some electric bikes we'd hired for them. Went um, down Morses Creek Road. Cool. And um, managed to find the... Uh, the cafes and food stops are uh, very close to each other there. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of riding in the end, but I think everyone, yeah, it's a beautiful spot 
to it take someone. Yeah, it would have been lovely yesterday too, I imagine. Yeah, no, it was beautiful. Yeah. Cole? Uh, my riding's been a bit quiet of late, but um, I had a couple of good rides with my good wife just go out for breakfast on the weekend, which has been nice, nice, nice change. So, yeah. It's my bike, mate. Scramble legs were good. We went to the, the convent to the Japanese place. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good breakfast. So. There we go. Close to water. <laughs> well, the arrow. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry, some of my jokes misfire a bit every now and then. Um, look, I'm in one of those funny positions. Oh, I've been at four or five bike moments. I can't <laughs> choose which one to pick. I'll mention one of them quickly. There were a couple of coldly sort of mornings last week. I'm riding to work and a young bike overtakes me in a pair of shorts, no shirt. Dad <laughs> up past eight in the morning and go, oh, mate, you're very good. But um, when I knew we were doing cycle cross today, I thought I'd tell you a lovely little story that happened at Second Chance Cycles. I know a lot of bike moments happen down there, but it's a place where things happen. Um, lovely um, mum and two little kids. Little girl would have been four, three and a half, four, I suppose. Boy, a little, uh, a little bit uh, younger, coming down to get a bike for her, and uh, I put some training wheels on. Very excitable. So when she first got hold of the bike, she started to push it and run along with it, and leapt up into the saddle. <laughs> and I said, I, t- I said, I said, we're going to teach you to do it from the other side. You're just going to be ready now, and it was hilarious, you know. She rode off, and there are about six or eight big blokes sitting there just watching her ride off, and, you know, there was a smile on all their faces. It was really quite special. Let's get on with some uh, bad news. (laughs) We're not doing bad news today. No bad news today. No bad news today. Um, Let me see. Um, Swiss... Swiss, um, Australia launched the first true um, ride-to-work scheme for their employees last week. Oh, cool. So um, employees of Swiss can salary sacrifice up to $2,000 towards the cost of a bicycle or equipment to ride to and from work. So and it is the first such scheme with for a private company, company. in um, Australia. So it's a good start. It's a good start. And um, as usual, local councils lead the way on this. Yarrow, Darabin, Moreland all run the same scheme. Yeah. And I think, I might be wrong on this and somebody will correct me, I think uh, part of the Victorian Public Service run a little bit of this too. I would have to check on that. Look, just before we go on, that quote this morning came from... um, Ken Turin, who was 46 when he learned how to ride a bike, so he's describing that um, that first ride of his as a um, an adult rediscovering children, rediscovering his childhood. Now, for all the particular techno nerds out there, when enough is just not quite enough, you'll be very happy to know that that lovely old Italian camp company, Camp Agnolo, have now producing a 12-speed electronic shifting. Where's gonna, when's 13 coming? Come on, are we going to skip 13 like the unlucky gear? Or 
No. Yeah, it's a bit like the triple coat Tim Tam, I reckon. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the old master Sigmund Freud described these sort of things as the narcissism of small differences. So the difference between 10, 11, 12, or I should say 8, actually, is, <laughs> is infinitesimal. Anyway, good luck, Campy. I mean, Campagnolo, go for it. Um, also in the news, the Indian Pacific Wheel Race left Fremantle Saturday morning. There we go. Those who are particip- riding the route are all coincidentally left Fremantle on Saturday morning at the same time. Um, and checking this morning, the leaders seem to be around the 900-kilometre mark. So they've had a good but windy couple of days, I think. Uh, our hearts are with them. <laughs> um, look, I'm, this is an endless topic that you, I'm beginning to see repeated over and over again. There's a good article on passing differences on cycling tips um, and a lot of information to come to the end. It starts off actually um, a researcher in England wearing a wig some stages oh, yeah. and, you know, the whole sort of thing. But the whole thing about clothing, and you get to the end and it's just an inconclusive. Hmm. Look at it. doesn't matter what clothes you're wearing, essentially. doesn't matter where you've got a blonde wig on or not. They're really quite frightening. Well, and it's that's. I think that's why that um, research that was initially uh, Monash were involved, um, and I know Jonathan Nolan for a while was involved, so that's yes. ongoing, I believe, with riders in Perth or Western Australia with um, a device actually attached to people's bikes because all those early studies were, not all of them were scientifically done. Not all of them can be replicated. Yeah, it's very hard to get conclusive evidence about that. Yeah. And And Sorry. No. It varies a lot. One of the variations I find, you know, when the discussion is carried on in Australia, we're often talking about arterial roads where traffic's carrying travelling at 60 k's an hour or more. And there's a big difference on local streets. And, and I remember always thinking, well, I, living in Amsterdam for so long, I remember cars were within centimetres of my uh, knuckles and I never felt unsafe. Yeah. But it's a very, you know, they're also travelling at my speed or slower. Yeah. And so it's it's a very complicated, I don't think a... A simple "this is good" or "this is no. bad" can yeah, no, it's a... it doesn't seem to come through. Um, that might be it. That might news. be it. We're going to be back with uh, a couple of lessons how to jump on the right side of a bike and jump <laughs> off the other side. Sorry. 3CR is a community radio license holder. What you hear on community radio is governed by the community radio codes of practice. The codes of practice cover matters relating to program content, including local content, news, current affairs, Australian music, programs for children, and the responsibilities associated with broadcasting by and for the community. They also cover aspects such as community access and participation in the operation of this station. Copies of the code are available from the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash who we are.
And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. As Val mentioned, our studio guest today is Cole Bell from Fields of Joy Cyclocross. And Cole is here to tell us all about the upcoming cyclocross season for Fields of Joy and the big part of that news, I guess, is the move from Essendon Fields to uh, Broadford. Good morning, Cole. Good morning. (laughs) Yes, very exciting news. Big move. Yeah, we've been at Essendon Fields for five years, which is hard to imagine. (laughs) So a lot of races, a lot of water under the bridge there, but basically we just we got bigger and the venue got busier, so we basically outgrew it. Yeah, so we did two years of UCI racing there with and traffic managed cars through the venue during UCI races, and uh, I think just everyone agreed that it was time to move on. We always had Broadford sort of on the radar. It was the back pocket backup venue. Um, so I've I've ridden motorbikes all my life, and I've been to Broadford numerous times to see international events out there. But I hadn't been there for maybe fifteen or twenty years. Uh huh. So I I knew it was good, and then when we went out there to see it with fresh eyes, it was like, oh my god, you know, it's like so. Yeah, it's just absolutely world class. Yeah. You could have a world championship, world cup, anything you want there easily. So, and to go to a venue which is just purpose built for racing, um, incredible. So, it's a little bit like just swing the gate open and let's race. Yeah. You know, so, um, very, very different scenario too. The amount of permits and, the amount of things that we need to coordinate to get a race, particularly oh, that's a big, a big race. thing for a volunteer-run event, isn't it? Like not having having a chunk of that work. Yeah, big well, old direct well, energy to other aspects. So, if I can quickly describe what we'd need to do for Essendon Field, so the, the land outside the fence was Vic Road, so I'd needed a separate um, license to use oh, that. No. We need a license for the Australia Australia Post car park. I needed a airport building controller permit to use the land for non-airport purposes. So that brought in all sorts of constraints around toilets and marquees. We needed a traffic management plan for the road. I need a licence from Essendon Fields. And any one of those things falls over and you've got a problem. Yeah. You know, whereas Broadford... Just swing the gate open. <laughs> Let's go. You've got to build so. the course first. <laughs> well, and this is the thing, though. It's like building course, that's that's relatively easy. easy. Right. Yeah. And, and we're good at that. We know what we're doing. We know how to design good courses, right? And that, that's very enjoyable. It's all, that's what I call the outdoor work. It's yeah. all the indoor work, work sitting is, behind a computer. Yeah. yeah. That no one sees. That's where all the stress is. Wrangling so, bits yeah. of paper. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, um, you you can build. You've got one course. What I'm trying to get, Cole, is you can build multiple courses there. It sounds like. Well, or would you? Yeah. So what, this is part of the lesson from Essendon Fields too, because initially it was like, oh, you got one venue. Will that get boring? Um, we 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 built the. Essendon Fields with features and then you configure it multiple different ways. So oh, yeah. I'm just trying to think 
We probably had some courses that were similar, but I'd be pretty sure that we've never run the same course twice at Essendon uh, Field. I get it. Yeah. Right. And likewise at Broadford, there's so first of all, it's three and a half times bigger than Essendon Fields. There's one lap. No, just the oh, the area sorry. available for yep. us to use. Um, so to a degree, it's it's too big. So our first race, we'll only use part of it. Um, and it's also got loads of elevation. So that that's a really big deal for us. Is um, like there's nothing wrong with having flat courses, but for our level of race, being a UCI race, yeah, um, we need to have it. A, yeah, know, a certain difficulty. Yeah, and we need elevation for that. So, and there's heaps more elevation than there was at Essendon Field. So, um, yeah, lots of configuration op- options available to us. So I, I think you know you could race there year in year out for forever and not not wear it out. <laughs> and you mentioned before we came into the studio that um, if. You know, you've really grown into Broadford. It it would have been too big if you'd started off there. Yeah, Whereas... I think, well, just to put it in perspective, I think our first race we had 80 riders. Yeah. Right? If we, if we were unknown, a venue, you know, which is from the CBD, it's an hour up the, yeah. the Hume Highway, you know. Yeah. Would that be 80 or would that be 30 or 40? Yeah. You know, or... Now we've got critical mass, like, you know, we, we're a big race. We're, yeah. You know, it's, it, people know. And the events that are going with you. There. Yeah. So people know, particularly for Melbourne GP, people know that's a big race. Yeah. Right. So to go up, up the Hume, it's easy drive, easy to find. Yep. Um, perfect venue. Like, a, we're in a completely different space now, five years in, than had had we just started there so in, in a way it's worked out but it, it is absolutely next level compared to what we've been dealing with so anyone that's enjoyed feels the joy in the yeah. past it's like your mind is going to be blown when you see Van, uh, Broadford well I was about to ask so if you're the, a rider rocking up who's been to Essendon a couple of times um yeah what is this course going to look like for you or, or the the whole venue as you get there. Well, f- first of all, it's a purpose built race venue, so it's a state motorcycling sports complex. So they've, they, I think they built, uh, they bought this land in the sixties. Um, so it's quite a big site, and so they've got a road racing circuit, a motocross circuit, an enduro trail bike circuit, and some flat track speedway circuits and they all they're all self-contained venues so they've got toilets and facilities right um the premier venue in there is the road race circuit and that's what we'll be using so the site's big enough so it's got a big it's 200 hectares or something so it's, it's all self-enclosed yeah. there's no mm-hmm. residence for miles it's big enough that it's got internal access roads right and heading into the road circuit which we're using you go up this big hill and you can go off to the left. It's got a lookout, right? There's that much elevation. There is a lookout that overlooks the circuit, right? And, and it's not a, a Mickey Mouse one. It's like no. proper. So, so in terms of 
what you get. So, so we get the venue to ourselves. So, and this is one of the issues when when you're trying to come up with venues for cyclocross. It's always the conflicting uh, users of yeah. the of the venue. Yeah. So, you always have have to consider parking, um, road users, dog walkers, you know, pedestrians, any other alternate use. Got the whole thing to ourselves. So, yeah, it's basically swing the gate open, let's race. So it's got loads of parking, it's got permanent pit sheds, toilets with showers, a dedicated media centre, a dedicated registration office, control tower, loads of space, 2.1 kilometres of tarmac, which is 10 metres wide. It's a race venue, so everything we want to do, like marshal riders before a race... They also do, so they've all got facilities and for already that. There. Mm-hmm. It's got a PA system built into it, trackside camping, right? <laughs> camping <laughs> where you can just come <laughs> in with words. a, you know, if you've got a, an RV or a tent, you can yeah. camp trackside, so with showers, fires. Yeah. You know. the, the place is paradise. Is paradise. It, it's almost, yeah. you know, it blows me away even just thinking about it now, you know. Yeah. So, but from a racing perspective, it's also like facilities are top notch. But from a racing perspective, that uh, the viewing will be fantastic, elevation, endless amounts of elevation. So we will be careful about how hard we make the courses, um, and then endless amounts of tarmac that we can use as well. So. They're also they've been really good in terms of um, making us welcome as well. They're, they're, the venue managers are, are very receptive to having an international race there, and they're also very keen to have the venue be multi-use, yeah. right? And particularly as uh, obviously we're quiet as compared yeah. to yeah. you know motorcycles yeah. or cars. Um, very very keen on that. So they they've been very accommodating. So. Um, you know, you know, part of our discussions it was like, oh, I just want to be certain. You know, we, you know, our preference is to to mow the grass on the course so it races fast. And they're like, oh no, we'll just get the boys out with the tractor. They'll take them five minutes. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and then they also came, they were open to us building features and also giving us a hand to install features and pull them out uh, you know making equipment bobcats and and the like uh, available to help lift things in and out so um so it will be different so we're probably or we're not planning on sand for instance but you know we'll potentially build some stairs maybe yeah. some belgium stairs and awesome. things, so so this is uh this sounds like a really good strong ongoing relationship that you'll be able to work with to develop well, really keen when we were moving it was about for me it was about rehoming. Yep. Right. It's it's too stressful for everyone involved if you've got to look for a venue every year. Yep. Um so we we were after somewhere which um met our needs, was complementary to the land use, um was good from a racing perspective, but also had a long term yeah. viability aspect to it right broadford provides all of that yeah cool yeah 
And so when's the first opportunity for people to see cyclocross in action at Broadford? Um, so Melbourne GP is in August, so yeah. we will always try and, you know, it's not like it's our first radio. Um, I, I know we build a course, run a race. I, I know it will be good. We, we do like the trial menus, though, so um, Vic Series. Yep. In April, so twenty eighth of April is our, our first race. Now we will build the course on the Saturday. Um, we'll probably do some racing on the the road circuit, so run some juniors around whilst you know we're there. Yeah, putting the course in on the infield. So we'll try and make a, a weekend of that. So I'm yet to announce what we're going to do on the Saturday, but that's coming. Yep, end of April, April twenty eighth. Yeah, so we, we had, um, last year we, for Vic Series, we had 311 seniors, so plus kids. So we would yeah. have had 50 or 60 kids as well. So yeah. that that to date's actually been our biggest race. So if, if we can have 300 again yeah. at Broadford, that would yeah. be phenomenal. Yeah. So. How much room for people to camp? <laughs> Plenty. you got enough room. Got no, enough. I'm telling you, the, yeah, the, yeah. the joint is massive. It's like... Park anywhere you want, camp anywhere you want. It's just no problem. Ten bucks a night it is per person to camp. Okay. Um, Well, we'll put a link up to the Fields of Joy Cyclocross page so people can um, check out the details for that and the uh, event coming up the weekend, coming up the 28th of April. and also where there'll also be calls for volunteers and uh, yeah. news about new rider liaisons for those who are cross-curious and uh, interested in getting involved. Yeah. Get on up there, Broadford. Um, just quickly, I'll mention a couple a of events, including um, this week at Commuter Cycles, the... Uh, Victoria Divide 550 wrap-up will be on with Lewis and uh, some other participants talking about um, the recent ride across the Great Dividing Range. It does too. Yeah. And if you've listened to Lewis on here, you'll know he's a very good talker about and if you want to prepare for one of those rides. Yeah. Get along with him. Now, if you live in Brunswick, you might have seen a Brunswick bike safety survey put out by... Tim Reid, who's the MP for State MP for Brunswick, will put up a link to where you can find the questionnaire. Yeah. And it's just a matter of, you know, filling in if you're interested in the safety along Sydney Road. I'd recommend doing it. Yeah. And 3CR relies on the support of its listeners. <laughs> you jumped in the and, Okay. All right. One more, Val. One more. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> The uh, eyebrows yeah, that yeah, confuse yeah, me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it's This Girl Can Vic Ride, and it's a, there is no reason why you shouldn't be riding because you can't fix a flat tyre. Come on, we'll show you how. It's easy, we know how. And this, and we do this as a hands-on. You do it, you get your hands dirty. So that's This Girl Can Fix a Flat. And that's the 19th of March this week at Pinot Crescent. And we'll put a link up to that. We'll put a link so. up to that as well. Okay. And um, 3CR does rely on the support of its listeners to stay on the art. And it's a really good time to subscribe to the station now. Um, 
So you can go to 3cr.org.au and do that and help keep us on the air. Coming up next is Jailbreak. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.